Welcome to episode nine of season seven of Live in the Feast. I'm Jason, aka Rez, helping you grow your business by having a conversation with someone who's been there, had success, and built a business designed around the life that they want to live. That's Live in the Feast. If this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button so that you get notified every time a new episode drops. Live in the Feast is in your podcast app of choice, and if it's not, let me know and I'll get it there. If you've heard the show, leave us a review on iTunes or drop us a comment in Breaker or CastBox. Today's co-host is, oh, yeah, that's right. This one's going to be a little different today. Being a podcaster, and yes, that's what I would consider myself after 358 and counting episodes across three shows that I was a host on, as well as over 100 appearances as a guest, I've been asked on many occasions, why podcasting? What made me decide that that was the way that I would market myself? Did I transition into it? The best one that I actually hear is, it must be so easy to do podcasting as an extrovert. Well, have we met? (laughs) If you were like me when I started my own business in 2010, my skills in marketing was in its infancy and I had no plan and anything I did was merely like throwing spaghetti at the wall just to see what stuck. In this episode, I'm going to share with you why I started podcasting in the first place how it helped position me in the market, and why I think it's the best marketing tool we have to build our businesses to help our ideal client ever. Like I shared in the intro, when I started my business, my marketing skills were nothing. I mean, let's be honest, I'm still learning each and every day how to not just be a better marketer, but be the best one to serve the people I can help the most. As my business evolved and as I specialized the business in 2012 for the very first time, I specialized in WordPress, specifically WooCommerce. And I teamed up with another developer and created a podcast called WP Dev Table. Yes, you can go back and check it out and listen, but we stopped at episode 19. See, the podcast was great, but we, (laughs) he lived in Australia, I lived in New York, and well, time zones, everything, the logistics were complicated, right? But the thing was, is we wanted to start a show. Bronson Quick, the other host, was also a developer. We both had our own businesses. He had an agency, I had a solo business, And we thought that by starting up a show, we can learn from each other and have it be sort of a mastermind. We'd also invite other folks onto the show and ask them about how they run their businesses. What tools do they use? And thought that if we had these questions, well, then maybe the audience would have them as well. We weren't wrong. We both encountered quote unquote fans of the show in real life. I still remember the first time it happened to me. It was actually outside of the bathroom at WordCamp New York City back in 2014. Very humbled and very honored. Uh, But also I was very taken aback, if you will, right? Because, you know, I'm not someone who is an extrovert. 
and I wasn't used to the whole, hey, are you Jason from WP DevTable? I loved the show. I wasn't used to that. But we both saw an uptick in leads to our business. I started to get leads and clients from recommendations of guests that we had on the show. After the first couple of these recommendations or referrals, as most of us call it, I realized that, well, this was a powerful tool in my marketing. That's when I started to become a bit more intentional about everything I did. I started to only talk about WordPress and WooCommerce. See, up until that point in time, I was a Ruby on Rails developer. I was a PHP developer. I was a Java developer. Obviously, a stack, a mixed bag, if you will, right? So that's what I spoke about on the show. Well, I didn't bring those stories to the table. I only specifically talked about what I was trying to do in my business. I talked about the results I was getting for clients. And I even mentioned several times on the show when I had some availability, since we were a live show and there were people listening to it live. Now, I wasn't just shouting that I was, hey, you know, I'm available for work from the hilltops. It was certainly within the context and the conversation of the show, but being able to work on my messaging and my positioning on air and in public had a huge impact on the types of clients that I would get from the show. In fact, seeing the reactions and hearing the questions from everyone else on the show gave me real-time results, both positive and negative, around what I was saying. See, our show was a Google Hangout, and you know this was back in 2014-15, and we would just load up Google Hangouts and look at each other and have a conversation. There was no Zoom at the time. There was no you know mixers or anything of that nature. It was just really raw. And that was more impactful on my business because, well, it just was what it was. And I would get those reactions, those knee-jerk reactions. It was super valuable because I was able to see if what I was saying was confusing or created that aha moment. It was practice before... I would actually say these things to clients or leads on a real call. Getting that real-time feedback was what I needed to help me avoid the silence and glossy eyes from across the table. And most importantly, if I was speaking the language of the other person. Had I wrote 19 blog posts instead of doing 19 podcast episodes, I know that there's no way that I would have got that sort of positioning and messaging correct. If podcasting isn't for you, I get it. It's not for everyone, but that doesn't mean you can't get real-time feedback on your messaging and most importantly, your positioning so that you could gain more confidence and close more deals. Look, I've heard so many developers and designers struggle not being able to close as many deals off of the back of sales calls and sending out proposals. I've been there myself, but you can get better at sales simply by practicing. Anybody who's good at anything practices and practices, but practicing with your spouse or practicing with a friend, is that really good? I don't know. Sometimes it can be, sometimes it can't be. But that's why I've designed and developed the sales call roleplay. When I have a 30 minute sales call, my win rate is north of 85%. And that's only come 
through practice and process. Look, the sales call role play is really simple. If you feel that you are wasting time writing up proposals and getting on calls that eventually just become pick your brain sessions, head over to res.com slash sales call and sign up. If you use the code podcast at checkout, you'll get your session for just $100. Karen used this as practice for real call she was going to have the week after we had our session. She closed that deal and she told me for more money than she would have asked in the first place. It's simple. You book a 45 minute session with me and for about 20 to 30 minutes, I'm your lead coming at you with a project that I need done. After we role play, I will provide you with some of my knee jerk and initial reactions from the call. And then after we end this session, I'm actually going to go back and listen to the recording. You'll get this recording as well, but I'm going to take a deeper dive. If there's one thing that I've found super powerful is to learn from listening back on my sales calls. After about two days, you're going to get delivered straight to your inbox, the recording, the initial and deeper dive notes, as well as any links and resources and suggestions to help you improve your sales calls. I'm going to also share with you what I think is awesome about your delivery. Like I said, if you want to gain confidence, practice a new technique, maybe even learn a new approach to your sales, head on over to res.com slash sales call and use the code podcast at checkout and your session is $50 off for only $100. Since the guests were also technical and already in the space I was sort of trying to plant my flag in, I realized the power of the relationships that were built from meeting them on the show. It's where I met amazing folks that I still talk with today, like Brent Shepard, Matt Medeiros, Tom McFarlane, Mike Kelly, Josh Pollock, Zach Gordon, and of course, my two co-hosts, Tom and Bronson. There became this bit of a referral network that became of it, right? As they would get leads into their businesses that were a great fit for me or vice versa. We would actually send referrals between each other. We became better businesses and we became better businesses because leads from those relationships were of a higher quality and we became connectors and solution providers to people that were entering into our businesses. I would get numerous leads calling me the WooCommerce guy, right? I mean, the WooCommerce guy? Are you serious? <laughs> I mean, you can't buy marketing like that, right? See, in the green room before and after the recordings of each of the shows, we'd have conversations about the types of projects we enjoyed working on, as well as the types of clients too. Hearing their experiences, both good and bad, and the reasons why they worked with certain types of people helped me decide on my own types of clients and get insights into things that I hadn't yet experienced. See, in those moments, I was actually crafting my ideal client, right? And so in hearing the types of great and not so great clients that the guests, as well as the other co-hosts who were having, well, I was able to then go ahead and build my own. Look, I get it. Creating a podcast is a lot of work and it's not for everyone, but so is building and running a sustainable business. As Tom Hanks 
said in one of my favorite movies, A League of Their Own, if it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. It's the hard that makes it great. In my opinion, podcasting is the most powerful marketing tool we have for our businesses today. Podcasting has accelerated a few marketing aspects for me that would have never happened otherwise. It built a network of peers and friends. It allowed positioning of what my business was, and it also helped shape my ideal client. No matter what anyone says, 19 blog posts, 19 tweets, 19 shares on Facebook, 19 articles on LinkedIn, 19 stories on Instagram, 19 whatever they want to call it on TikTok would have done what those 19 episodes have done for my business and creating the ideal client for me. My friend Troy Dean once told me, and I think he learned it from a friend of his, was to become an expert in any space, you need to have the top experts in that space talk about you. Is there any other better way to do that than invite experts onto your podcast and then have them share it once it's published? I think not. Am I suggesting you go out and start a podcast? Absolutely. But if not, I hope that this somewhat helped you to be inspired, to be intentional about the things you are doing and the opportunities there are in order to grow your business. 19 episodes of an irregularly scheduled, loosely defined roundtable discussion with other WordPress folks was the marketing foundation that allowed me to be saying this to you today. It's also allowed me to see the power of the core pillars that drives leads into my business every single day. So do you start a podcast? My vote is yes. And when you start it up, and you need a guest for episode five of your show, leave me a comment in iTunes and I'd be happy to join you. If you already have a show and would like a guest, well, do the same. Leave me a comment in iTunes, Breaker or CastBox, and let's do it. I'm always up for a great conversation. If you enjoyed today's episode, I know I could speak for myself by saying that I would love to hear the one takeaway that you got from this episode. See, this episode was actually started as an email to my list. If you'd love to hop onto that, that would be awesome. If you're not already there, you could just go to res.com slash first. And I got such a positive experience from the replies, the feedback and everything from that email. So I would love to hear what your one takeaway from this episode is. It's super simple. In the podcast app of your choice, presumably it's this one you're listening to right now, drop in a comment or a review, or go ahead and share it in a tweet and tag me at res. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button as well so that you'd be the first to listen in next week when we'll be back with Michelle Ronson. Michelle is a UX UI researcher. She's super passionate about what she does and she comes to this episode bringing so much knowledge, so much insight in how to best ask questions. Until then, it's your time to live in the feast. Music.